Welcome to Oilfield Talk. My name is Trey Fought, and I'm host of Oilfield Talk podcast. We want to speak with workers from all other aspects of the oil and gas industry and allow them the outlet to tell some crazy, amazing stories you just wouldn't believe are true. Not just the wildcats, the drillers, the roughnecks, the roustabouts, but the land-based offshore drilling operations, service companies, vendors, third-party personnel, production, transportation, all aspects of the industry that provide expertise throughout the oil field industry. But each of these have many, many hilarious stories to share about their time in the oil patch. I have no doubt that we will be able to share entertaining stories or tell tall tales that anyone who works in the industry will appreciate and get a hearty laugh while listening. But this is also going to be a family podcast. We'll be able to invite our families at home to listen Although they won't believe half the stories we share, they may have a couple of dozen questions. Maybe it will give them and everyone a greater appreciation of the jobs we have in the oil field and why we enjoy our oil field family for half a year. So please take an hour or so out of your day. Give a listen to the Oil Field Talk podcast. Hope you enjoy the stories as much as I enjoy bringing them to you. This is the beginning of the first interview I did with Mr. Kelly. Unfortunately, I had been recording all day and wasn't paying attention to my equipment, and it cut off at about 20 minutes. So I ended up having to go back and record Mr. Kelly again, which is what you heard in episode 19, the New Mexico Junior College. But we had such a great conversation. I wish I was able to capture it all. We talked about Mr. Kelly's teaching of the drone class, which I wanted to include. So I decided to include this as a bonus episode. It'll take somebody like you, and you go from uh, not knowing what you're doing to being a superstar. Come on. Being able to do... Are you the drone master? Being a videographer, a photographer, and and I'm not much of a photographer at all. Man, that drone takes beautiful pictures. You don't have to be a good photographer to get (laughs) awesome pictures out of it. And I would rather uh, use that for photography than my phone or than a regular camera. Pretty awesome. Anyway, we'll go fly. You have a minute. Do you teach that school? Yeah. So it's a one day class, learn to fly. And then we have a second day that's separate. It's, I call it drone regulations, part 107. So it's prep for the FAA remote pilot. They call it certification, but it's like a license. And so if you're going to do it commercially, if you're going to use your drone for compensation, you have to have that certification from the FAA. So we teach that to. How often do you teach that class? So it's normally scheduled once per quarter, but instead of scheduling once per quarter, I wait till somebody like you calls me mm-hmm. and says, "Man, I want to take that." It's like, I've got right? another. I got another person I'm bringing with me. Good. My oh. best friend. My best friend works for a cable news network that shall remain nameless. Yeah. And they actually wanted him to learn how to fly drones for the news stuff. Yeah. He ended up not doing it. What a cool concept. I'm sure he would love to learn. Yeah, we'll both just come out here and spend a few days and take a drone class. So the the first day is extremely expensive. Uh-oh. So it costs $42 for the class. But after you take the well, class- Well, that's take a loan. After you take the class, you're going to have to buy a drone. <laughs> that's the expensive part. I have one of these. That's what you're trying to do right now. You must sell drones on the side. No. Do you have a used drone lot that I can go uh, select a drone? So 
So I have two of them. I'll sell you. I'll sell them cheap. Are they in pieces? One of yes. It crashed. Oh, and the other one I got as a replacement for it. I bought it refurbished. It stayed refurbished for about a month, and then it became crashed. Your own personal drones, or no? So I have a personal one that's in good shape, but then I, I was allowed to buy two new good ones, good. which we train with now. Good. Yep. But I'll, I'll take your trash. I'll, I'll put some duct tape and some baling wire and a little super glue, and I'm going to get those drones flying. Yeah, some duct tape, too. Uh, it's got to be the air quality. You know, you got to have that aviation That's duct right, tape. 100 mile an hour. 100 mile an hour tape. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about your program. You're the director of oil and gas technology at New Mexico State, no, New Mexico Junior College. Mr. Yeah. Kelly. Hooker. So I've been here for exactly 10 years, and uh, it's been fun. So I'm retired from the oil field. I tried the retirement thing, and it lasted. It was fun for about three months, but my wife was still working. And as you were stuck at home by yourself. Yeah. Nowhere to go. We got played too much golf. And I kept having uh, headhunters call me want me to go back to work. And it's like, there was one of those jobs I wanted and I screwed up the interview real bad. <laughs> I guess maybe it worked out. It wasn't meant to be, exactly. Yeah, and then uh, I- What did, did you I, do? What did you do in the oil field? Started out in the oil field a long time ago in the late 70s working for a company called Dowell. Yes. That got bought by- I remember Dowell. Yep. So now I guess there would be Slumberjay Pumping Services or something. And then ended up, with another company that later became BJ Services. Yes. BJ Services became Baker. That's when we departed ways at 55 with a golden handshake. There you go. Whereas my boss, he called it a silver balloon. Wasn't a golden parachute, and it wasn't even a silver parachute, right. but a silver balloon, which is good. I truly hated them. It was miserable. Well, so anyway... Found a dad in the paper, came and man, I loved it. And my favorite part of of this job is that title, director. I love being a director. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a director. <laughs> I love it. So my granddaughter thinks she's an actress, but you know what? I'm a director. Sorry, honey. I got to be. Yeah. How long have they had this department that long? Or were you part of the no. original? New Mexico Junior College is located in Lee County. And at this point in time, we're the largest oil producing county in the United States. We're definitely the largest in the Permian Basin. And this is our community college. They didn't have any oil and gas training when wow. I got here, zero. So they were looking to start this workforce training program, which I did. There was nothing here. It started from ground up. And so the the first month I was here, I'm pedaling around trying to develop some programs and uh, the vice president comes in and he says, Kelly, what are you doing? And it's like, well, I'm working on some training programs. He goes, we got a half a million dollar grant that we've had for five years. It expires in four months. It's we, don't, if we don't spend it. We're going to lose it. <laughs> so my next four months was spending money. And it was hard because the oil field was booming. It was hard to get people to do stuff, that kind of equipment and right. But it was fun. And you saw some of that, our location was right. with that, that, that money. 
That is neat. It's all new to me. We were talking yesterday while standing there watching the class. I've been in oil offshore. It's I don't know what any of that stuff is. When you said a battery, I was just thinking the exact same thing Don was talking about. The the newbie, because I was a newbie, I'm sitting there looking for a car battery, a tractor battery, a battery battery, a box of batteries. I'm looking for a battery, and it's the whole pad that we're standing on. Yeah. This new terminology. So that'd be a, a good trick to pull on somebody, put them on top of the tanks and say, can you point out the tank battery? Well, it's the proverbial sky hook. Yeah. It's the tank battery. It's the, yep, there you go. So anyway, uh, we got that built and it started developing programs, uh, zero marketing out here. So everything is just word of mouth. No, you word of podcast. And now <laughs> word of podcast, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I'm fixing to make this place, you know, world famous. Plus Monica, the ambassador. That's right. Ambassador. Monica's the ambassador. I'm the front page of the of the newspaper. You're the director. We've got the foundation right next door. We're going to make this place famous. All right. <laughs> or infamous. Which one is it? Infamous, probably. <laughs> I'm on the infamous part of my career right now. Hey, you've done a great job. I mean, have you actually stepped back and taken a look at what you've done? It's living on the inside is sometimes not nearly as impressive as somebody like myself drive up, see the, the, the side of the building to find out and learn what y'all are doing. Your class is amazing. We were talking yesterday about the lady who was a cashier at Walmart for 30 years, 20 years, however long it was, and decided she wanted to try this. But there's... Every age out there from probably, I don't know, 20, 21 up to 40, 50. A lot of times we'll have 17-year-olds in the class. They're not going to get hired till they turn 18. And a lot of them, a lot of companies won't hire till they turn 21. Mm-hmm. But most of the larger companies, the Devons, the Chevrons, will take 18-year-olds. We have a lot of them come through, especially at the end of the school year. It's amazing to me to see the maturity level of some of these kids when they get out of school. I mean, I'm literally impressed with them. And then I get the the students where, number one, their mamas sign up, sign them up. So the mama calls and we talk and it's like, a son will be there on Monday. <laughs> Are you going to enroll? Oh, no, I'm going to enroll my son. It's like, oh, gosh. And that never works. No, never works when the mama signs them up. And then I got one now where the fiance is signing up her unemployed <laughs> soon to be. <laughs> it's like we're not getting married till you got a certificate and a job. <laughs> <laughs> now that's one way to motivate somebody. I guess so. Whatever it takes. That's right. But you have built a hell of a program. So our program, so my favorite part of the program is and and this is something I never experienced in my oil field career is helping people. So there's a reward, and this is what you'll hear from Don too, that we're changing lives, possibly generational type things. So it's a cool deal. And so one, one lady we had come to class had worked at the place down the road down there. She was, uh, her kids were all on Medicaid and food stamps and this and that, although she had a full-time job working at kind of a reputable 
place. She came here. She got hired a month after she finished. Talking to her, it says one of the hardest things she had to do was give up all of that government support. Right. She didn't need it anymore. Right. But it was hard since <laughs> she'd been on it so long to get off of it. And she's doing great. Her family's doing great. And there's lots of stories like Has that. she spread that within her family? Like, has her kids seen it and said, I can do that? Or yeah. and that's what you mean by generational changes. I'm a natural teacher in the fact that I like to help people understand. And sometimes I'll even stop in the middle of the podcast and give them the, the simple version when we're talking technology or we're talking about something. It's like, all right, hang on a second. Let me explain what we're actually saying, because I've got people listening who are the wives, the girlfriends, the the kids of, of oil field. They're not in it, but they enjoy hearing the stories. I want them to be sure to understand. And I've put some stuff up on my website and up on my Facebook where it explains that, like the little animation videos and stuff like that. I enjoy watching those. So I'm going to share that for my own own self, sure. But then all the the listeners that go through there, they're going to learn something as well. Well, you've done an outstanding job. So give me an idea of what this workforce group teaches. What kind of classes? So we've been doing this pump operator or pump. And so it's we call it lease pumper, lease pumps, training people to be entry level lease operators. And so a lease operator in the land-based oil field takes care of all the wells and all the batteries. So a lease operator is going to work for an oil and gas company, and they go out every day. They check pumping units. They check gas wells, gas lift, whatever's on that location. They make sure it's working at an optimum level. They measure how much production, how much oil, gas, and water they produced. Everything's working good. They go to the next location. In the old days, they might have 30 of those locations to check and maybe three or four or five batteries. In today's world with automation, they might have 100 welds that they check and maybe six batteries. In a day or in a a day? No, every day. So, yeah, they're responsible. Excuse me. They're responsible for those 100 wells. But with technology, they can check a lot of them with their computer. And if everything's working, remote access, they don't have to go to that battery that day. Sure. That well that day. If there's no indicators, again, I'm going to explain a little differently from what I'm understanding. Please correct me if I'm wrong. You're taking a 20-year-old that's never done anything in the oil field. In a two-week course, you're teaching them to be responsible for not just the wellhead, but the productivity of that wellhead through the battery. And that battery, I want to take some pictures and and put it up on the site, but that battery is where the raw crude comes out of the ground. It goes through a heater and gets thinned out and treated. Some gas might come off. It starts to go through a water separator and then eventually goes across to the tanks. Now, there may be 10 or 20 more processes, but I'm just trying to do a real basic sketch in your mind's eye what he's talking about. And that 20-year-old is responsible for 40 or 100 different site locations. 
to make sure that those wells are producing correctly, properly, and does the maintenance on them. So you teach them how to maintain the well, fix the little valves that might need to be checked or fixed or repaired. It's a wonderful program. It is a, it's a solid, has to have it in the oil field. Every operator has to have that person to take care of their wells. Somebody has to do that. And you're training people to do that. And so the, the typical person that finishes this program will go to work as possibly a contract pumper, looking for a company that supplies pumpers to the oil and gas company. Typically, they're going to start out in the range of maybe 28 to $32 an hour. <laughs> Good money. 50 hours a week, you're talking $70,000, $80,000 annual salary. One thing that's really cool about it is a lot of the companies have kind of a days off schedule where they're eight on and six off. Man, you get a lot of time off. Yes. Some companies, 14 on, 14 off. 14 off is a time to do anything, anywhere. Wow. So we had one lady that came to class. She was a, she ran a frat pump for a company down in the Eagleford Shale. Mm -hmm. As she came up to class, she always blew my mind because I get here at six. Class wouldn't start till seven or eight. And I find her sitting outside reading a book. She came out. She got a, a job working contract for one of the majors in the area. 14 on, 14 off. So they put her in a man cap. She's from Houston, mm -hmm. which worked perfect. Yeah. She didn't have to have an apartment. I travel for work too. Yeah. So yeah. And just travel out here, spend her 14 days working and then goes back to Houston. Yeah. So this is the good part. So sometimes she went back to Houston, but she had a son that lived in St. Croix. So sometimes she went to the beach. Go to the islands, man. <laughs> for a couple of weeks. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it is the flexibility that the oil field provides. Uh, I've worked only those schedules. I started with 14 and 14, 21 and 21, 28 and 28. And believe it or not, there was about a year and a half. I worked two months on and two months off. But that was flying halfway around the world. Yeah. Planes, trains, and automobiles to get to work. By the time you got there, you don't just turn around and leave. So my biggest fear of having one of those jobs is that's a lot of time off to spend money. It is. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm doing now. I'm spending my money, traveling around, recording, you know, folks like you. And I'm I'm serious. We, we talked about the drone stuff. And yeah, I'm probably going to put it in the podcast. Why not? It's another thing that's being taught here. I'm going to promote this. I'm going to come back out here and learn how to fly a drone. And if you're not careful, I'm going to come out here and go through your two-week class, and I'm going to get that credential. Why? You work offshore. Why not? It'll give me a good understanding of the basics of land-based, and I'm getting a lot of my stories from land-based. I need to understand that. Sure. And I love to learn. So what's two weeks? For me, two weeks is like a hundred hours of my life that get up, go home, eat supper, go to bed. So anyway, yeah. Anything else you want to discuss? So let me emphasize that our two-week class, there's no certification to be a lease operator. It's just a certificate of completion that shows that you've learned the basics and fundamentals of that. 
Also, just uh, going back to what that 20-year-old does, think about in today's environment that, I don't know about offshore, but onshore, at least in the Delaware Basin, it might cost $15 million to drill a well. Maybe you're responsible for 20 of those. Maybe you're responsible for 50 of them. That's a lot of responsibility. Man, that's a huge amount of assets that you're responsible for. Obviously, there's people that support you. There's people that help with that. Another thing I want to emphasize is that, again, Paul ago you mentioned the flows. So the oil, water, gas come out of the ground, and they just go through separation equipment that separates the three so that we can sell the oil. I might ship my boys out here, send them to school. So this is something. So where are they? In Louisiana? Yes. So... We've had some people from Louisiana in class, and this is something else that just it amazes me. So we get people from Wyoming, from North Dakota, from we've got the lady from Utah in this class. We get people from all parts of New Mexico, even the the Rio Grande Valley will come down here. We get people from all over Texas. We've had people from the East Coast. So it's like it's up until recently, it was the only place in the United States offering training like this. I was just about to ask that question. Where else does somebody learn to be that competent person, which is what they are? You know, recently, you've met the guy from Utah. So you went to Basin Technical College, is offering something similar, not quite the same. It's a one-week type training but it's kind of the closest thing we've got. I've had other colleges call, and they don't want to develop their stuff. They want to steal my stuff. And that's when the tape stopped. Thanks for listening. Nomad Mobile Productions is a broadcasting and media production company that produces podcasts and provides a mobile podcast studio complete with audio and video recording equipment. We also offer post-production processing, editing, marketing, and publication for podcasts. Our mobile production studio will come to you. Visit our webpage, nomadmobileproductions.com, or our Facebook, 